Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here. And starting Monday, September 23rd and running through Friday, September 27th, we at Score North are raising money to feed and change the lives of Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, supporting the Union Gospel Mission Shelter in St. Paul. We're auctioning off some awesome sports-related packages, including Twins playoff tickets with luxury transportation to the ballpark, a Gopher football tunnel experience, a Vikings-Packers package, also live show sit-ins with Glenn Perkins, Alex Boone, and a lot more. Money raised will go directly into helping transform the lives of Twin Cities homeless. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals is where you can see all the packages. That's scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Or if you just want to donate, you can go to the same website. A dollar ninety-six provides a meal and shelter for a homeless person. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Vikings fans, get it off your chest and get it on the air. Your comments, questions, your thoughts. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. And now a first down at the 35 of the Raiders. Play fake and on the rollout. Comes it's looking and... Wide open is Thielen, and he'll score for the Vikings on the opening possession. Second and goal from the one, and the pitch is to Dalvin Cook. And Cook, second effort, touchdown. Flag is down as well, but he got over the goal line to Dalvin Cook. So pending the call, the Vikings have another score. Well, I want to play good defense, and I want to be able to run the ball. You know, I don't want to run it 40 times and throw a 10. Uh, you know, I want to be able to have balance. But, you know, if we're running the ball effectively like we have been, you know, we've had some big big play runs in there, and we've had a couple other really, really close ones. So, you know, it would be harder to run the ball this week. You know, these guys are a load up front. So, you know, it may be a different ball game this week. Vikings. Vetline is the show where you're on till noon. The Zolgad, it is Danny Cunningham, it is Manny Hill. Are we having something? There we go. There you go. There we go. I, I was going to say, turn sounded, your mic on, Josh. It was on. <laughs> it was on. It was on and up. I was like, what's going on? Did our engineer on. screw up? Yeah, I can blame Paul. The red Paul's light. Paul's doing some maintenance back here. You can just blame In me. my defense, that red light was definitely on. No, it was. Huh? It was. I hit it, it, right it was before. not on in here, though. That's the only thing. Oh, okay, that's that's sabotaged by Paul Black. Maybe if we had yeah. some real engineers. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, Paul? The sabotage is complete, is what I would say from Paul Black. <laughs> look at all. Look at him putting his tools back together. He's going <laughs> to hightail it out of here. No answers. If this was a football team, you'd have to answer for this. We'd bench you. Paul sitting there like, you guys want sabotage. I can give you oh, some sure. Oh, yeah, you can take <laughs> He Indeed, he's one of the best in the business, and indeed he could. He could. All right, let's try that again. The show is Vikings Vent Line. Yep. Still on until noon. I, as I went off yeah, again. I just, got, I just went off again. Hang on. I know what it is. I know what it is. Give what me is a minute. It? Our cords are, are tangled. Are you serious? Ah. Uh, I see what's going on there, yeah. Oh, so Danny Cunningham solved the problem. All right. It wasn't Paul. Sorry, Paul. My apologies. Actually, Danny should apologize. He he accused you of sabotage. I, I just said, okay. Well, you know what? The We're pro- good now. The problem is we do too much. Yes. Because we do cluster fun at 1030 yep. on our uh, Facebook stream, right? And mm-hmm. then it comes. So then our we have to undo our cords for that, or yep. you actually do. All right. 
Okay, I'll try, I'll try for a third time now. Can we Viking, get the intro again? Vikings met my... You know what? Hold on a second. Just you know, bleep it. Hold on. Second and goal from the one. And the pitch is to Dalvin Cook. And Cook, second effort. Touchdown. Flag is down as well. But he got over the goal line to Dalvin Cook. So pending the call, the Vikings have another score. Dalvin's a great player. Uh, but he's We're just starting over again. A lot of people, uh, you know, I thought Kyle blocked really well yesterday. Um, you know, we we got a lot of guys on the ground cutting them, and uh, receivers blocked well. So, you know, it's not a one man show. Um, everybody's been doing a nice job. Actually, I'm going to say this: our technical issues to start today's show were on purpose. They were to show you the Vikings passing game in Chicago. And what might happen. We're trying to prepare you. We're going to prepare you with difficulties all week long so that when Sunday comes and Kirk Cousins drops back to pass and gets annihilated by uh, by Hicks or by Mac, you'll say, hey, I score north all week. I heard that. Yeah. So your microphone cutting off on and off is like Akeem Hicks just blowing up Garrett Bradbury. That's exactly. And Kirk yes. Cousins. Yes. Okay. And I was Cousins because I was I couldn't do my job. And so and, and I've got excuses. It's not my fault. See, my microphone blowing up is not my fault. Very Cousins-like, right? I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't my fault. I was doing my job. So anyway. Uh, Vikings Vent Line, we want your involvement. 651-646-8255. You know what? No, we don't want it. We need it. We desperately need it on this Wednesday. 651-646-8255. You can also tweet at us if you can't get to a phone. I'm at Jay Zolgad on Twitter. Danny Cunningham is at Real D Cunningham. And uh, we are also, if you want to reach us via the station account at Score North. And Danny, why don't you start us off with our Twitter question of today? So today what we're asking is, which player on the Bears do you think is most concerning for the Vikings on Sunday? That question can be found at Real D Cunningham. Been retweeted both at Jay Zolgad and at Score North. So far we've got a number of different responses. Uh, Miles says, Mitch Trubisky, if they let him beat them, it's going to be a really rough day on Sunday. Uh, Greatness in the making tweets Akeem Hicks and Khalil Max. Uh, Matt Saint says Roquan Smith is the most concerning for me. Interesting. Okay. And then, but it Hicks's health issue is something that I think is one of the more more interesting things heading into this week because he is a question mark. And someone did bring that up that whether or not he plays could be an X factor in this game, and or I, how healthy he is if he is on the field. That's what I was going to say. I believe the quote from Matt Nagy out of Chicago yesterday. Um, after the Monday night game in Washington, was that they was that he had dodged a bullet and had aggravated an existing injury. So, but of course, in this sport, who knows? Yeah, it could that could be true. Do that we could know what be, the injury is? It's a knee problem. Knee problem. But I'm not. But you know, on Tuesday after you play on a Monday, say, oh man, it's an existing problem. It's going to be fine. And then he he almost certainly won't practice, which is not a big deal. But then the question becomes, can you play on Sunday? And Dave says, Tariq Cohen, he can turn any Trubisky short pass into a long game. We have a couple of submissions for Kirk Cousins as the most dangerous player on the field because if he throws the ball through the other team, that's pretty good for Chicago. I mean, Case Keenum <laughs> threw the Bears a touchdown before Mitch Trubisky did this year. So uh, the real HG says Devon Hester. Devin, Throwback. Devin Hester, yes. Yes, against Chris Cluey, he did cause he a said, lot of problems. He said Devon Hester, though, not oh, Devin, Devin Hester. Okay. Devon Hester. Well, Devon Hester will not cause any problems. Devin Hester back in the day caused lots of problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. Poor Chris Cluey. That was Chris Cluey's kryptonite as far as uh, <laughs> return men went. Well, and they got mad about it, and he said it's not as easy. The one thing where I, I always sided with Chris was they, they'd go in Chicago, and the coaching staff would be like, just kick it to the sideline and kick it away from him. And it's like, okay, have you ever kicked in the, punted in the winds of Chicago? Because sure. that yeah. ball would be doing crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. 
Uh, okay, there's one name you didn't give me that I'm a little bit surprised wouldn't be broached by uh, one person. It might be eventually Danny Cunningham. Who's that? Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson has not been mentioned. I, I Someone did just tweet Roquan Smith, but that wasn't the name you're looking for. Yeah, we do not have any submissions for Cordell Patterson as of right now, Judd. Now, as far as a receiver goes and running his routes and those things, we know that Cordero certainly struggled during his time here. With that, he went to uh, Oakland and then subsequently uh, to the Patriots and has been used in more creative ways. He was used out of the a Wildcat formation on Monday night in Washington. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy, if you do this right, and I, you know, it's not going to be a lot of snaps. Cord- uh, Cordero's not a guy that I, you're going to have out there and, and trust probably as a top uh, two or three receiver. But if you use Cordero right and you use Cordero in the right situations, Cordero Patterson can be a pain. Yes. Very and that's much the one so. thing, you know, going back, going back to the year that the Packers moved, um, Ty Montgomery from receiver to running back. And at that point, Collar wrote something because I think that was Patterson's last year with the Vikings. And Collar's point was, and it was a great point. Okay. Body types, fairly similar. Yeah. Try this. And the Vikings never did. And I think it was last year or two years ago, the Vikings played Patterson last year. And Zimmer came out flat out and said, we probably should have done more. And he's exactly right. But Cordero Patterson could be on a few plays, a definite X factor. Because you've got to be prepared for him. But what makes him valuable is you he's so athletically gifted and you don't necessarily know what he's going to do. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm really interested in that type of player because not everyone's built like that. You brought up Ty Montgomery, and that's a great example of someone that's like that. Where that was it, the first guy I saw where I said, why yeah, not try this with Cordero? It's difficult for me to think of another really good example, but that's the best one for me. I love that you have to... Okay, I don't love that you have to be creative to get the ball in his hands because you he should be able to run routes. He should be able to catch passes. He should have been better as a Viking. But I like that coaches out there have been creative, creative enough to find a good way to get the ball in his hands. And at the end of the day, I think at least what my offensive philosophy always was, you know, playing football in college, the offensive philosophy that I believe the most in is... Get the the ball in the hands of your skill players one on one in space with the defender and mm-hmm. let them go in. Cordell Patterson's a great guy that the Bears do a decent job of putting him in that opportunity. Everyone doesn't get to that opportunity the same way. Some guys it's catching a twelve yard out route. Some guys it's handing them the ball. Some guys it's a sweep. Some guys it's 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 a screen. It's different for everybody Percy else. Percy Harvin, exactly. Percy, I, per, him, he wasn't built the same way. No, but got, but if you got him the ball in space, he yes. was a nightmare. Yes, and that's he was very tough. Those are the the types of offensive players that I think are so much fun to watch. And Cordell Patterson's up there. He just limited in the ways you can get him the ball in space. Exactly. So the uh, Twitter question of the day, you can find it at Real D Cunningham. I retweeted it. The question is very simple, and it is uh, which player from the Bears do you expect is the most concerning for the Vikings on Sunday? Uh, you can also certainly call us and chime in on that, 651-646-8255. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. I want to play some great sound bites yesterday. Um, or the regular Tuesday guest with uh, Collar and Cronin on Purple Daily, former Vikings um, o lineman guard Alex Boone. And let's start with, and I just want you to hear this, Cunningham. Okay. This is Alex Boone's. If you want to hear a guy that loves football, that's excited just by the prospect of football, check this out. At the end of the day, this game coming up this week is going to be epic. And I don't think people understand how epic it's going to be. You have a defense that is just primed 
and destroying people, and now you have a run game on offense that is just kicking people's teeth in, and it's like, well, which one's going to move? Because you can't have both on the same day. Somebody's going to get ran over, and who's it going to be? I'm looking at this game, and I'm like, man, if you lose this game, you really go back in the north. You don't just go back. You go way back, behind the Lions almost. Like, do you really want to go back that far? You better wake up quickly. Okay, first of all, that's a guy who bleeping loves football. Epic. Which is outstanding. It's epic. Second of all, it's your first reaction could be, Alex, it's it's what, week four? That's a bit of hyperbole? Yeah. I actually agree. The last part, and, and it's not, if you lose this game, it's not that you're done. But my contention is this. The Vikings, we found out nothing really new and we've talked about this uh, for the first two days of this show this week. Vikings Raiders, when it comes to the Vikings, we really didn't find out much new. Defense is good. We knew that. Yep. Dalvin Cook, you're really good at football. Knew that. Confirmed it. Monday night in Washington, Bears, same thing. Your defense is really, really good. Yeah. Confirmed it. Uh, Trubisky, now, now Trubisky probably did take a couple steps forward. I think those were his first touchdown passes. It was better. It's do, not do great. it against a good team. Well, sure, sure, sure. But I, but, for the most part, watching both those games, I don't think you said, I didn't know that about the Vikings, or I didn't know that about the Bears. So where I'm inclined to agree with Alex Boone in what he said here is the team that loses and how they lose is going to be telling. And it's not that they're going to be done, but it's certainly going to give us a quarter of the way through the schedule already. It's yeah. going to give us a really good feel for for which of these teams we think has the most legitimate shot to emerge. You're never going How to about be that? you're never going to be done in the month of September. Right. But with Green Bay already three zero, and if the Bears beat beat the Vikings this week, they're they're pretty good too. They're sitting at three and one. You're putting yourself in a really tough spot if you're the Vikings. And do I think you're behind the Lions in terms of talent? But don't no. you think it depends too? And and this is not an excuse if they do lose, but don't you also think it depends on what the eye test says? Not necessarily, because these games matter in terms of the, the divisional games always mean more. You can look really good and lose like that. If you look really good and lose, it's still a loss, Judd. Sure, that's what it's always going to come back to for me. Yeah, they could they could lose this game seven to three. Their defense looked great. They look like they might have an all time great defense. But they're still behind the eight ball with a loss to Green Bay and a loss to Chicago, and they're back in the division. But if they get mauled, I'm going to say I think they might be dead. Okay, that's fair, but if they lose close, I don't think anyone should feel good about it. No, not good, but if they they lose and it's either not close or physically they just get destroyed, it's going to definitely um, color my impression of, of this team from here on out. So what you're saying is if it's a close loss, you're still going to have hope for this team. You still think that this team can go somewhere. Yes. Okay, and if it's a blowout, you don't. Yes, and if they okay. and, and and if it's a close loss but they get physically just destroyed and mauled, which I think would probably be I a think blowout. Both, I think both teams are just going to get physically mauled. Like it, which this is, is going which, to be a blowout. By the way, I can't someday. wait for. It. It's going to be a blowout. This could be the most physical game in the NFL this year. What if it ends up being like the Green Bay game? A close game, but you end up losing it because your quarterback made a boneheaded play. I would be really disappointed in this Vikings defense if they allowed the Bears offense to get off to the start well, that the Packers offense well, got and, off and, to. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying like 
the Vikings fall down 21 nothing. I'm just saying, like, it's a close game, and you end up losing it, though, because your quarterback made a bonehead if interception it's a, at the end. If it is a close game, Manny Hill, and there is any play call that puts the ball in his hands like they did at the 8-yard <laughs> line in Green Bay, I will personally drive to Chicago, uh, pick up Kubiak, and drive him to, to his home in Denver or wherever he lives and drop him off. Yeah. I'm I, sorry. I can't disagree yeah. with you there. Phil and I thought about this yesterday, but... Ladies and gentlemen, on first and goal from the eight, when you are running the ball down the Packers' throats, which, by the way, is not a bad run defense, but your identity is the run, to put the ball in Cousins' hands, again, with that offensive line, that is tantamount to play-calling suicide. So if that's the case, I'm going to be, if you do that again, I will be flabbergasted. You have to, I'm telling you guys, I know the teams don't like to telegraph what they're going to do, and we like to, you know, deception and football is all about the unknown, and we're not going to tell you who's injured. If I'm the Vikings, you flat out tell the Bears pregame, yeah, we're running a lot. In fact, we're going to use six linemen a lot. Yep. That's just what we're going to do. You know, would I would I love to think that if I'm a Vikings fan, that Garrett Bradbury could go in there and 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 hold his own and one on one with Hicks? Yeah, you'd love to. You've no that's no shot. Not no, that's happen. not happening. Yeah, nope. I mean, that's I a mean, stupid you're, thing you're, to even say. Your best hope is that Akeem Hicks is out. Yeah. That's your best hope for the Vikings here. In fact, yeah. In fact, I'd pray for that. You have to. Garrett Bradbury is going to have a nightmare of a day trying to handle a, a 50% of Akeem Hicks is going to be too much for him. And then this comes back to the question that we talked about on the Tuesday show, which is, okay, if you're going to say that we have to use two guys to account for Hicks, and now we've got, um, you know, now we've got the rest of this team, which, which is outstanding. Uh, Khalil Mack, who is unbelievable, what do you do there? But that's why I would just say, I'm going to run the ball. You know we're going to run the ball. We will try some passes at times. But uh, if that loss, if they lose in Chicago in a close game that looks like Green Bay and it in any way, shape, or form goes down in, in that way, I'm going to be extremely disappointed in this team. Let me ask you this. What are you more excited for, the matchup between the Vikings offense and the Bears defense or the matchup between the Vikings defense and the Bears offense? Because I think it's really, I'm really intrigued to see the offense against Chicago's defense. I agree with you there. More so than how intrigued I am to see how the Bears offense tries to move the ball against the Vikings. Because I would agree with you. I think that the, the Vikings offense can run the ball fact, really well. That's a well. good Twitter poll question too it's as well. That's a Twitter great question. question. Put that out there. That's a great one and I agree with what you just said. Because I'm curious how the Vikings are, the it's no secret, like you just said, what the Vikings are going to try and do on offense. It's no secret. Everyone knows they're going to try and run the ball down the Bears' throats. The Bears are the team in this league that is probably best equipped to stop them from doing so. It's it's the old. Uh, it, it it's the old. You there's so many unstoppable force, immovable well, object, and also type, type argument. And also, what are they ultimately going to ask Cousins to do? Right? Yes. Are, are they going to... We know you can't ask him to do too much, but he has to do something. Yeah. In fact, here is Boone on uh, Kirk's play through three games and really uh, Alex trying to put into uh, context how we should feel about Kirk at this point, three games into the season. I think people are kind of upset because they're, you know, Kirk Cousins deserves more respect than being called a game manager. At this point, this year, let's just say this year, what has he really done? Agreed. He's done nothing. So I'm not even calling him a game manager. Listen, 
Don't get tripped on again, okay? I'm glad you held on to the ball. That could have started the game off way wrong. Yeah, I mean, had you bad. fumbled that ball, I feel like that, that game goes differently for some oh, reason. absolutely. In my mind, when he fell down, I go, oh, my God, this is it. <laughs> they fell for the trap. Right, they but he held on to the, the ball. So I go, oh, you know what? Maybe he didn't. He held on to the ball. Good job. If he's not a game manager, what is he? That's my follow-up to Alex there. I think what we, I think we get the answer to that question officially much more so. On Sunday, don't you? I don't know if we get the answer officially, but I think we get a little bit more clarity. Well, yeah, but I, but I don't we know start that we get, get the answer, the, but... But we start... We, if, if Sunday should tell us so much about so many things right now that are very difficult to, uh, to, to judge. And my gap on this team about where they are right now, Danny, is really wide. But if I can't call Kirk a game manager right now, what am I supposed to call him? I'm not saying he's a good game manager, but what is he then? I've... I think it's safe to say he is managing football games. It's where I'm at too. Don't you guys? I, I think, think he's it's a very good manager. I don't think that. he's a great one. You know what? He did a he, he did a very good job of being a game manager week one. I thought, and I know he I know he only threw ten passes, but that was a nice clean game for the most part. He fumbled once, but that was pretty clean of a game. That's par for the course. If he can't be a game manager, he's a liability. Well, yeah, I mean. If Being a game manager is like the least successful kind of you, quarterback you can be. But you also yeah. don't. But you also on first and goal from the Packers eight yard line don't put a guy who has that job title in a position to be under pressure and make the throw that that he did. And by the way, that throw couldn't have shocked you. No, you expect if you're a game manager, you understand that you're throwing the ball away there. Correct. That's where he messed up. Yeah. It's not not putting him in that position. If you've got a game manager you trust. And this leads me back to, to Boone's point where maybe now I have to agree with Boone a little bit. If you've got a game manager, you should trust him to make a right decision there. It's only two, it's a two option route. Make the right decision there. And it wasn't a hard decision to make either. No. It, sh- it shouldn't have been a hard it, decision for Kirk to make. It wasn't, but I, I also do put fault in the coaching staff because my puppet string theory is you don't take the puppet and do something with a puppet that is completely irresponsible. And they did. And the sad thing is, because of how Kirk thinks of himself, the end result of that play was not shocking. The, not end, the, the end result of that play was very much, I'm paid a lot, I'm going to make a play, instead of saying, Kirk, we're not going to allow that to happen. By the, because you are at the 8, it's first down. If you go back and watch that play again and again and again and strip and only give you the distance and strip out <laughs> the down, you would say that's fourth down. Yeah, And you would say there's 10 seconds left. The problem is if if they can't trust him to make a smart enough decision in that particular situation, then this team is going nowhere. They're going nowhere. If they can't look at Kirk Cousins, because I agree, like they shouldn't have called that play in that particular situation, but if they can't trust this quarterback to just throw the ball into the back of the end zone or throw it into the sideline in that particular situation on first and goal, Mm-hmm. If they can't trust him to do that, but they can't, and they, they then. But they, this team is going nowhere, right? But they know they can't, Manny, and they still did it. You've got to make a look. You've got to accept. This is the key to life. Accept your lot in life. I don't know if they knew they could. I don't know if they. I don't know if they called that play with the idea that Kirk is Kirk is going to do something. I don't think they realized Kirk was going to do something that stupid. Here's where they couldn't have realized the, that. The only time that you call that play, if you're the Vikings, and and you had enough people. 
Yeah, Kevin Stavansky was here last year, so he saw it. So if Gary, let's say Gary didn't know. Let's say Gary thought, oh, no, it'll be fine. And, I mean, if Gary Kevin's didn't know. Gotta, and Kevin called the play. Kevin's got to tell him, Gary, as they talk about it, no, this play won't work. Yeah. This play will not work. Mm-hmm. And for them then to call that play, but the key, the key to me is this. You've got to, in life, know what people can do and accept it. Yeah. And if you try and force things, that's what you get. And that's true in on football games. That's true on anything. If you put people in positions to fail, nine out of ten times, they're going to fail. And then it's very tough to turn around and say, I, I can't believe Kirk Cousins failed us. So, uh, Mike Zimmer has talked this morning. Does Laquan Treadwell actually have a new lease on life? Is we doing this? Juan Tread, we got to oh, come boy. back and do Are we this. Doing this. If we can find the quote too, if not, Cunningham has it um, on Twitter. It, yeah. But um, Manny, if we can find the quote, does Laquan our second chances a thing in football again? Uh, we'll come back and talk about that. Certainly, if you want to chime in on who concerns you uh, about the Bears, if you want to talk Cousins, we'll have more Alex Boone comments. 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. Uh, we are in the TCL Broadcast Studios. But before we go anywhere, here is an exciting opportunity. Uh, this is it's a Zolgad package. Can you believe it, Danny? near and dear to your heart. Every day this week, Score North is raising money to buy meals and a new lease on life for Twin Cities Homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, benefiting Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities. Listeners can help by bidding on fantastic Minnesota sports experiences at scorenorth.com backslash mission for meals. That's scorenorth.com backslash mission for meals up for auction until 8 o'clock tonight. That's right. You only got until 8 o'clock tonight. Danny, why don't you go through it? Judd, tonight's package is a big one. (laughs) A Judd's Hockey Show experience. Yes. This includes a Minnesota Wild Suite at Mid-Ice. 18 tickets. That includes basic food and beverage. You get a parking pass. I know where that suite is, by the way. And I think you sat in there for Bruins game last year. It is is Mid-Ice. At Center Ice. It is is on the red line. It is great. You get a parking pass during the game which is at a date that's to be announced during this upcoming season. Swap these names, by, by the way, if you'd be so kind. Okay. You get an in-suite visit from hockey legend Judd Zolgat and Score North's Lou Nanny. No, okay, that's not what I meant. That's what you meant. You wanted hockey to be hockey legend. Hockey legend Lou Nanny. You wanted and to be no, the hockey legend. No, I said swap. Okay. You Whatever. wanted to be the hockey legend. Keep going. From Judd Zolgad, that's you, and hockey legend Lou Nanny will be visiting during the suite. The game's at a date yet to be announced during the 2020 or 2019-2020 season. One, once again, 100% of the proceeds will be donated to the Union Gospel Mission, bidding currently open till 8 o'clock tonight at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. That's scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Or if you don't want to bid on this package, we will have more packages later this week. Why would you want to bid on this package? You should Just want stop to bid right there. It's a Zolgat hockey experience. You can also make a donation at that same spot, scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Just $29 buys a week's worth of meals for a homeless person in need. That is scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. A new lease on life for Laquan Treadwell? Get serious. Talk, discuss, hold forth, pontificate. Open your big yap. Your tweets, your calls. This is Vikings Vent Line. Car. And it's intercepted by Harrison Smith. Still on his feet. And Smith goes down at the 30 as Carr overthrew his receiver. 
The Vikings Vent Line. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. The number to join uh, yours truly, Judd Zolgad, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, 651-646-8255. Let's go to the phone lines right now, and we've got Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, how are you doing? What's up? Uh, back along the river like I was yesterday. Still Good relaxed? Yes, yeah, still still really nice. A bit chilly without a sweatshirt. Uh <laughs> Just wanted to talk about uh, Laquan Treadwell getting signed by the Vikings. Everybody's calling it his second chance. I'd say this is his fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth chance with him. And it just it makes me so heated to think about it. Uh, just having him on the roster is really a liability. He's somebody for Zimmer to focus on and have to deal with. He's cost us in games, even on special teams. So even if he doesn't play on offense, you know, he cost us with a 15-yard penalty against New Orleans in, in uh, 2018, I just can't believe that they would re-sign him again. And just, he's such a detriment to the team. I can't believe he'd be back. Thanks, Tom. Now calm down. And It'll be okay, Enjoy Tom. the time. Go go get a, go buy a sweatshirt. Stay warm. All right? I don't All think, right. talk to you. Tom, I don't think Laquan Treadwell is going to be the same liability that he once was. Because I think that now, there are no more expectations for Laquan Treadwell. He's been cut. You can't look at him now as a Vikings first-round draft pick anymore. Yep. He's not that guy now. He's not. He is someone that they signed off the streets. You have to, if you take away his name and just don't call him Laquan Treadwell, your outlook on him as a player will change because it's okay. We needed somebody because Chad Beebe got hurt. We need someone that can come in and maybe give us 15 snaps. And Chad can come back when you told me? Week 13. So he is. Eligible to come back off the IR. We yes, okay. week 13, he'll All be right. eligible That's to right. be activated. Okay. But you can't look at Laquan Treadwell as, oh, well, they're going to put pressure on him. They're going to try and use him. He's a former first-round pick. It's not that guy anymore. He's been cut. That designation is gone. Mm-hmm. Now, he's just another dude they signed off the street that might play a little bit as a third or fourth wide receiver. Fourth, probably, right? Johnson's probably ahead of Laquan by now, I would think. You would think, but you never know. But re- well, regardless, yeah, of, regardless of what I'm saying. Yeah. You cannot look at Laquan Treadwell as the former first-round draft pick. That's what Danny Cunningham is saying. Manny Hill, why don't you play for us what Mike Zimmer said today about Laquan? Tread's been working hard, and I talked to him last week. Um, you know, okay, starting preparation for. Uh, the video started. Over. Yeah, the video started over. All right, thanks to the. He's website. been working hard though. Yeah, he's been working. Tread. Hard. He calls him Tread now too. He shortened it up to Tread. Do, do you have the, the entire quote in front of you, Danny? Yes. I have it. I have it queued up again. Let's let. Can we try round two? Let's round do it. Two. it yep. Today has been nothing but technical difficulties. Let's <laughs> That's just, what I'm let's telling just you. It it's again. a preview of Soldier Field. Here we go. We're the Vikings you offensive know, line. Tread's been working hard, and I talked to him last week. Um, you know, I think he's he's rededicated himself to the things that he needs to try to get done, and uh, knows the system, and uh, we anticipate him doing well. And then furthermore from that, this is from our friend Courtney Cronin. She tweeted out, Mike Zimmer believes Laquan Treadwell has rededicated himself to improving and notes a different focus from the former first rounder. I talked to him about what he needs to do to prove that this is the thing that he really wants to do, how important this is to him. I think it's always been important to him, but I think maybe he might have went about it the wrong way. I just tried to give him some insight on what he has to do moving forward, and hopefully we will see that. So Treadwell was... Um, his return on Tuesday was the big news because, as you said, Danny, he's a former first-round pick, and he failed here pretty miserably, and now he's back. I contend that the most important ex-signing Viking of Tuesday is not Laquan by any means. No. It's Marcus Sherrills, who 
was here for since 2010, became, if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings' all-time leading punt returner. Now, he he's a cornerback, and he played a little bit, but this guy could return punts, and so the Vikings, to replace BB on Tuesday, they signed Treadwell, put BB on IR, um, cut linebacker, I believe his name was Devontae Downs, yeah. and then signed Cheryl's back because Cheryl's signed with the Saints, went to training camp there, got hurt, got put on IR, and then pretty quickly after that, I think a day after he got put on IR, reached an injury settlement with the Saints. And I'm not kidding. I actually think that this is important because Marcus Sherrill's can <laughs> flat out return punts. And, and as you said on Cluster Fund, and Danny, I'm with you, for the most part, I'm a big believer in 2019 of just fair catch it. Don't screw up. Don't bother. Don't bother trying to fun. Don't, it's not don't worth fumble. The risk. It's not worth the risk. It's not even the fumbling. But it's that your Marcus team's going to get flagged. Well, but I think Marcus Sherrill's actually makes it worth that risk because he's one guy that I've seen consistently do it. And that has to be in football among the potential scary jobs. That's got to be one of the scariest because guys are coming down on you immediately. You catch the ball and bang. You can be hit, can muff the ball. Marcus Sherrill's coming back here. I'm not saying it's a difference maker, but I if you had to get somebody in here to return punts again, this guy's a great choice. Does it make you feel good that they brought back two guys that they're just getting the band back together? It's the 2017 Vikings all over Oh, again. it's very exciting. You know me. I'm a, got, I'm a sucker for this stuff. You're a nostalgic cat. I'm a sucker for this stuff. But What's I Captain Munnerlin up to these days? Where is he at? <laughs> Uh, Let's get him back. Zim will never forgive him in year one for for uh, freelancing and, yep. ca- and Captain, who, by the way, I loved. He was fantastic. <laughs> year one here, Captain did his own thing, and Zim got mad. But, no, I'm serious. I think this guy, Marcus Sherrills, you know what you're going to get. I was, when the year started, I actually thought, BB's going to fumble punts. I know he is. He's going to try and impress them because he's not going to get a big uh, chance at receiver, yeah. and he's going to fumble punts. He wants to have his hand on the ball. I I think this is a good move. I think this is a solid move. And now it's time for... It's time to check in on what's wrong with Jalen Ramsey now. All I care about is winning, man. Everybody know that. Everybody know that. Intercepted! That was Ramsey who jumped across the middle and got his second interception of the season. Get... The deal done. On Monday, as you recall, as Jalen Ramsey uh, turns, on Monday he told the Jaguars, he called in literally sick and said, I've got the flu, I'll probably be coming in, but I almost certainly won't be able to practice all week long. And my guess is somebody from the Jaguars said, let's see a doctor's note. And Jalen said, I don't have a doctor's note. What are you talking about? He wanted them to quarantine him. Yes, and then the Jaguars probably said, no, you know what? You, uh, you're you not really all that sick, and you're going to be fined and not paid for the week. And so now he has arrived, and in another episode of... It's time to check in on what's wrong with Jalen Ramsey now. All I care about is winning, man. Everybody know that. Everybody know that. Back and hamstring issues. Oh, yeah. So now we've got the flu. We've got a bad back. We've got hamstring. Pre- we are going to run the entire gamut until this guy forces his way out of Jacksonville. And I know they don't want to trade him. We're going to run the entire uh, um, spectrum of possible maladies with Jalen Ramsey. You know what? Poor Jalen Ramsey. This sounds like a tough week. Well, it sounds like a brutal week, man. Yeah. Hamstring, back, flu. Yikes. I wouldn't want to be him. Can you imagine that you wake up sick on Monday and, and then you think, oh boy, I can't <laughs> practice all, all week long. And then your back tightens up and then your hamstrings start to go. Yeah. 
I'm not sure why they, they would start to go now, but they start to go. Yeah, man. It's And now he's damaged goods. Can we just get this deal done? Can somebody just do this deal? Preferably the Vikings. So Adam Schefter tweeted out with uh, Jalen Ramsey not practicing today due to what the team is reporting as a back injury. Fetch to think he'll play in Sunday's game at Denver, according to sources. Ramsey and the Jaguars are engaged in a stare down about a potential trade. Okay, what's next? Let's take bets on this. The next injury? Yeah, it's going to have to be something. He's going to have to come up with something. So he's had the flu, which is uh, somewhat creative. I like that one. Hamstring, back. Can we go Can we go shoulders, or is, the, or is a shoulder too close to a back problem? Um, I think shoulder's a little close to the back problem. I think, I think what's going to happen what? is we're going to go foot or ankle because he's going to blame it on... On trying to overcompensate for a bum hamstring. You know what he should do? That's what he's going to do. He should do what's reportedly wrong with Cam. The old Liz, Liz Frank. Because that keeps you out for a long... He could, if he had a Liz Frank for the Jaguars... If the Jalen Ramsey who plays for the Jaguars has a Liz Frank, he's probably out for eight weeks. Of course, when, once you he's, think they call once it, he's call with Kansas bluff City, and I are him? Once he's with Kansas City, he'll, he'll be absolutely fine and set to go. But they I could, could see foot. They could call his bluff and put him on the IR. But the problem now is you can just come back after what? Eight weeks, eight, though. Eight weeks, yeah, okay. That's, that's after that's the trade point. deadline. Then he doesn't get what he wants, and he's stuck there for, just trade him. for a while. Just trade him. You're going to get a first-round <laughs> pick. They're trying to get two first-round picks. You're going to get a first-round pick and more for him. Just take what you can get. If you're Jacksonville, you have two choices. Either do that or fire Doug Marone, who, by the way, deserves it. Like, is that that big of ask? I don't think it is. If you, Doug Marone was the Vikings coach and they had... Jalen Ramsey, and I own the team. You know how simple it would be to be like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to fire Doug. You're different though. You're I, wired differently. I'd than, probably fire than Tom Coughlin too. But if I was run you would by fire everyone, but if I was run by a no, that's not true. Because if I was run by a good management structure and good coach, I wouldn't. If this was Zimmer, I'd say if Jalen Ramsey couldn't play for Mike, I'd say something's wrong with you. I mean, Mike's really good with cornerbacks, and he mm-hmm. and and you should. What's wrong with you, Jalen? But in this case. Collar told us Doug Barone is a miserable SOB. Like, this is not surprising. If you're Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, don't you just have to step in and say, all right, come on. Let's. I think he tried. It's, it's, it's time for Doug to go. And But I think he did step in last week and he tried and he's basically, he's the guy that doesn't w- want to, and I get why, trade Jalen Ramsey. But then, mm-hmm. yeah, just turn around and fire Doug Marone. Fire Doug Marone. It's not that hard. Yeah. You, 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 by the grace of God, made the AFC Championship game, which you then, of course, choked away two years ago. Should have won it. And now yeah. you're bad. It's not that hard. 651-646-8255, Viking Event Line is the show. Let's play another Alex Boone clip, Danny Cunningham. I found this one to be very intriguing um, about a certain Vikings tight end, and his name is Kyle Rudolph. I mean, let's be honest. We saw we saw Rudy run this last weekend. He's slow. He's always been slow. Like he was like, I scored that touchdown, dude. You were lucky to get to the one. Okay, I love you, but you were lucky. When you're looking at these guys, He's a tight wrong. end screen every now and then is great because it slows up the D line. But you can't do too many because everyone starts to bite on that eventually. Mm-hmm. When you have your tight end staying in too many times, they're like, hey, listen, nobody lets their tight end block this much. So it's got to be a screen or they really are just this bad. So then everybody hangs around the tight end because they think, okay, there's no way you can keep this guy in this much. So I think oh, maybe once or twice a game. After that, chips... Across the middle, quick things, you know, hey, listen, third and four, third and five, those, you know, quick stick routes, we need something. Give it to them. Those are big guys. They're mismatches for a defense. We need to use them more. Okay, what he just said on Kyle there. So Sage on with Collar Monday afternoon in the 2 o'clock hour sort of went there a little bit, 
but Alex ripped the door down. Yeah. And I love it. Um, this answers your question, though. Yesterday, Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph. This That, what he responded with, because the Vikings see this, what he said is basically to your question, how soon is the change coming? And this doesn't e- this does not mean that Kyle is going to lose his job this year. He might be back next year. I don't know. But if your question was, when does the transformation start to take place? It probably started against Oakland. I asked Matthew Collar this on Score North Live yesterday. I asked him this this question about Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph and what it means for the future. Matthew said he wouldn't be surprised if Irv Smith is the starting tight end at some point this year. Yeah, but and that's why Booney just Boone just basically uh, laid out the blueprint for how that happens and why. Yep. And and Kyle Rudolph two years ago on that play where he went out of bounds, I think at the two, gets in the end zone. That's a touchdown. Yes. And it has nothing to do with his feet being too big. It has everything to do with the fact that he's not the same player. And and to your credit, in Irv Smith Jr., you drafted a player who is going to be very quickly a superior athletic player compared to Kyle Rudolph. Right? Yes, absolutely. There's no question Irv Smith's a better athlete right now. And he will be for some time. But I just thought that that was a great comment because that, Terrific. that essentially... So you saw that play unfold, and you thought, he didn't get in. That's sort of weird. And then, uh, as I told you, on Monday, Sage went there a little bit, and then Boone came in and basically said, bang, there's the door. And Irv Smith is going to be, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. He's going to be an absolute key here. I I think he's going, I would not be surprised if at the end of the year he ends up with a ton of catches and Cousins finds him as an outlet especially when he's under pressure, which with this offensive line, he's going to be quite a bit. And Kyle, I think Kyle has a role here. But that that also is why, exactly why, Danny, that in the press conference on Monday, Zimmer praised Kyle's blocking. Yeah. Because basically... Because that's what the role is going to be. That's basically what he's saying is, you did a really good job. Because Kyle, Kyle, as far as a blocker goes, is not that great. But yeah, he's telling... He is essentially passing the message through to everybody... Kyle's role is very much going to be a blocking role. It's changing. Kyle Rudolph is not going to be who Kyle Rudolph was. The not so the not so subtle and at times subtle ways that head coaches do things is so much fun to observe. Fantastic. And it happens in every sport. Oh, absolutely does. And some are really good at it and some aren't. And some have patience for it. And Mike often doesn't. But I think he likes Kyle. And I think Mike's basically saying, Kyle, get used to this role because Irv Smith is really good at catching passes and he is a lot more athletic right now in his life than you are. It's always interesting to me to see who Zim is willing to throw under the bus and who he isn't. But what would you assess that that as? Because he's not throwing, in oh, that, that case, he's, he's not throwing him under the bus. In that no. case, he's just preparing no, 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 him no, yeah. for his next step in he's life as a football player. He's trying to let him down easy. Yeah. That's what he's trying well, to do. Well, I think do. he's also saying that you played an important role. My guess is Kyle's like, so I'm blocking a lot. Yeah. And Mike's like, no, that's Kyle. That's important. You had a good game. I, yeah, I sense Mike's trying to essentially pat Kyle on the head and saying, no, that's a good job. You did a good job blocking. And oh, and oh, by the way, the tight end star of this team now is Irv Smith. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We are not done yet because it's time to vent. I think we, we've all got things uh, to vent about from week three in the National Football League. I know I do, and it goes league-wide because <laughs> there's a problem here. Share your thoughts about the purple Vikings. This is Vikings Vent Line. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255.
right, Score North Download Time. I'm Manny Hill, and uh, this download is a way of directing you to scorenorth.com to check out uh, the latest from Matthew Collar. Headline, how good does the Vikings passing game need to be? Good stuff there from Collar on uh, what the Vikings need to do in terms of throwing the football, especially this uh, Thursday, or excuse me, Thursday, this Sunday afternoon against the Chicago Bears. So be sure to check that out on scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth mobile app. That is your Scorenorth download. Now back to Vikings Ventline. Now on Vikings Ventline. I thought it was horrible, disgusting. It's time to let it all out. Embarrassing, shameful. It's time to vent on Vikings Ventline. It's stuck. Zolgad Cunningham, Manny Hill producing TCL Broadcast Studios. It's time to vent. I'd like to go first. Have at it. All right. The vent often involves uh, a league-wide vent as well, since we've been talking about exclusively about the Vikings on this show uh, for the past couple of days. And Danny Cunningham, I'd like to start with this one. And it's not a new problem, but it, it's a developing problem, and I think it might be getting worse. Okay. In the National Football League, how many atrocious, bad, awful, incompetent teams do we have to see? All right? This is a game. This is a league that's been filled with bad games for a long time. Red zone helps that a lot. If I could have, if I wasn't at the Vikings game against Oakland on Sunday, I would have turned to the red zone. I would have been very happy. I yes. love the red zone. But right now, you've got the Jets 0 3. The Dolphins trying to lose. Congratulations, 0 3. The Bengals 0 3. The Steelers 0 3. The Broncos the same. Washington the same. And Arizona doesn't have a win. But hey, they've got a tie 0 2 1. That's seven winless teams so far. And you know one I didn't even mention right there? Because they're not on that list because they actually won in week one, and I just saw them and they're awful? The Oakland Raiders. How how many? Be- can, can somebody get this at least half right? Can we see a few more decent, competent teams? I, I almost appreciate the fact that the Dolphins are trying to be as horse bleep as possible. But I just gave you a list of seven teams, not including the Raiders, that don't have a win this year. I just want... I want competence. There are two, a little bit more. I know there's going to be a few bad teams. There are two teams I'll, I'll excuse in that list. Okay. The Jets. Okay. You, they have someone who I don't necessarily believe all that much in, but they think he's a franchise quarterback, and, and they've he's got, out. And they've got a guy who shouldn't be a head coach. Sure. Gaze is bad. Sure. I'll give you that, but it's hard for me to handicap just how bad they are without their quarterback. Okay. Sam Darnold has mono. He's out. Okay. Until then, until he comes, if he comes back and they continue to look terrible, okay, we can talk. All right. But until then, I can't put them in that category. Same thing with Pittsburgh. I don't agree with Pittsburgh trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't agree giving up a, a first-round pick to get that done. But Mason Rudolph is not their guy. Their guy is Ben Roethlisberger, who's out. If they don't, but if he they, might be gone forever. He could be, and then at that point next year, we can talk. We can have this conversation about them. But right now, this was an unexpected circumstance for them. So I'm not ready to put the them. Forty Niners turned over the ball five times and won. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet if Ben Roethlisberger plays, the 49ers lose that game. As a fan, I just want good games, okay? Sure, that's fair. What's your rant? So, is Todd Gurley just done? (laughs) Honestly, Mm -hmm. the Rams don't trust Todd Gurley anymore. Todd Gurley doesn't get the ball anymore. Against Cleveland on Sunday night, he only had 14 carries. He's had one good game this year. That was the season opener at Carolina. Hasn't had over 16 carries in a game yet this year. Is Todd Gurley just, like, done? Is he done being a running back in the NFL at this point? Because this Do you came guys quick. recall the playoffs? My answer to you would be yes. Yeah. No. Well, he has an arthritic he's, done, con- he's done being what he was. Arthritic condition, my man. Yeah. Yes, he's done. This is this is what we're gonna see out of him. It's gonna be ten to ten to fifteen carries a game. 
I mean, it is at the most. It's kind of sad to see. Yeah, like he looked like a shell of himself on Sunday night. Yeah, he did not look like anything resembling a good running back. He was held to 14 carries for 43 yards against the Browns defense that was without five starters. He has an arthritic condition and and after being an incredibly important part of the Rams in 2018, did not play essentially in the postseason. I think that tells you all that, that you probably need to know. And an arthritic condition is not going to reverse itself. So my answer to you is yes, I think he's done. I think it's, it's over. It's sad. No, what's sad is all the crappy football teams masquerading on fields every Sunday. I like good football players. Todd Gurley was one of them. He's not anymore. It's sad. I like good football players. What I don't like is seven awful football teams. What I don't like is watching the Oakland Raiders embarrass the league. The Oakland Raiders! The Oakland Raiders! Oakland Raiders. You the, got only, the only rant I have is with CBS Sports in the late game where they pe- kept putting the camera on Pete Carroll with his broken nose and it was like really close up to Pete Carroll's face. Hey, that HD, was disgusting. Baby. I love it. HD, man. That was disgusting. All right, we're done. Judd, Danny, and Manny back at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, Glenn Perkins on baseball. Twin show up next. <laughs>